you're going to need people that out of the kindness of their heart, no marketing, and they may be charging their clients like, you know, a lot of money, but they're willing to give you information just because they like yeah. you and they like what you're doing and they're rooting for you. And so, um, and it's, so you just have to like create a good business circle of people that you can go to, you can pick their brain. And I always tell people you have to, it has to be mutually beneficial. So even you bring something to the table. So you always have to be willing to share also, because if you're holding everything and you never give anything back, then people are going to be like, well, she's just taking, she's not giving. Welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. On the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast, I feature entrepreneurs while I discuss ways you can grow your business today. Step onto the veranda, get a cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's talk shop. Let's do this. Welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. Today, I have the pleasure of having Jamila Powell of Naturally Drenched on the podcast. Jamila is a mother, attorney, and entrepreneur who has turned her passion for hair care and self-care into a business. No stranger to beauty, Jamila is the owner of Maggie Rose Salon, one of the top texture salons in the country. Her natural hair journey began in college at the Pennsylvania State University, continued throughout law school at George Washington University, and culminated in launching a salon for women to learn and love their texture. While running Maggie Rose, Jamila discovered which ingredients work best on all hair textures, which led to the creation of Naturally Drenched, a vegan and eco-conscious formulated a formula your curls and mine. Mine, too. I'm totally kinky. Welcome to the Yay! show, Jamila. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for yes. thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. I love your energy. I, I mean, we you. started talking before the show went live, and I'm like, let's go ahead and get started because I already know this is gonna be a good interview. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm pretty excited that you're local to South Florida. So yeah. um, I mean, that's really good because I don't get a chance to interview a lot of local people. So this is exciting for me. Um, but Yay. let's start with the beginning, the younger version of Jamila. Now, if you say you're quiet, I'll be shocked. So I tell me a little bit. <laughs> it was so funny. You know, I talked to my boyfriend. He's like, were you there when you were younger? I'm like a true Sagittarius at heart. And I like, I remember general things. But, you know, I think I was definitely social. Because I look at my daughter, she's nine, and we have very similar personalities. So I feel like I was not never quiet in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like in my Lots of friends life, and everything. Quiet. Yeah, I was. I had. I, I had a lot of friends, and you know what? I love that my daughter um, understands the importance of friendship, and yeah. also understands the importance of maintaining friends. And so for me, I still have, like, I'm still, my best friend is still from kindergarten. So, yeah, her name is Charla. She, like, she has a clothing company in Atlanta. And um, we still talk, like, two, three times a week, complaining about being an entrepreneur and all that stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yes. To the point, like, my um, daughter, I had put her in a daycare. And she had met this girl named Teresa. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, they, I don't know, they just, like, hit it off. We're talking, like, four years old. And then I moved her to another school because I had moved to a different location, um, the salon to a different location. And there was a preschool in the plaza. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what if I'm taking her, my, her Charla away? What if I'm ruining? Oh. Yes, and no lies. So, like, one day she kept asking, and then one day she started crying. She's like, I miss Teresa. I'm like, how did you even remember Teresa? I was like, oh. oh, my God. I was like, I promise. Okay, so we drove back to the school, and they, when they saw each other, they just hugged, and I left a note, and the mom finally called, and they are still friends to this day. Oh, that's so nice. They still talk to each other. They still hang out. Like, yes. So, you know, and it's good because I like to teach her, too. I mean, you know, it's so hard, like, when you have – 
young girls and it's a different world nowadays because they have access yeah. to so much stuff so it's also good I like teaching her the importance of um, good friendships too and so I always yeah. tell her you have to teach people how to treat you so I like having these conversations like well why 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 is this going on or why are you saying this or what's this behavior like when I hear her talking like with her other friends and I'm like See, you notice how when you talk to certain people, you don't have any drama, and then you notice that it's a lot of drama over here. I was like, see, that over there is not what it's supposed to be. <laughs> so you're supposed to be yeah, hanging yeah. with, you know, and so it's fun. I like to, I she's like me, but she gets the benefit of, because I had her when I was like um, 33, going on 34. She's of having a grown-up me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I was ever quiet. I was probably wow, and we we already have a lot in common because my son is nine years old, so we were pregnant at the same time. Oh, yay. yeah, he's turning ten next month. Though, when does she turn ten? In August. Oh, August. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, so and you I'm get still... it. It's like this: the phones, and you know. Finally, I was just like, okay, so we're gonna sit down. I'm like, we're gonna go through every text message, and I'm gonna see what interactions y'all are having. And I was like, if I don't like it, I'm deleting it and I'm blocking them. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I mean, it's real. I was like, yeah, because I was like, this whole mean girl and drama about life, and y'all have no bills and no responsibilities. I was like, I can't get down with it. Yeah. It's it's on a whole nother level because of technology. Like they, I mean, it just never ends. When I was younger, like teasing and everything ended at school. Like now, it's like it just continues. Yeah, it's a follow them home. You know. Yeah. Like, uh, uh-uh. I was like, are you know, you could be being bullied. I don't know. And then you hear about kids. You know, it goes undetected. Um, kids committing suicide. So I was like, okay, so what we're gonna do here? Because I'm not liking the interaction. And um, I was like, so we're going to block them. And that's yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. No, that's wise. That's wise. So, I mean, yeah. so you were punk as a child. I, <laughs> did you grow up in Ohio? Based on what so I was looking at. I was born in Ohio, but I moved to Ohio when I was like, probably like three, I think. And moved to Maryland. So I was raised in Maryland. Oh, okay. I love Maryland. That's nice. I know, too. So, I love Maryland. Yeah, Maryland's mm-hmm. a really special place. So, like, um, so you were raised in Maryland, and you were, you're a very outgoing person. Um, how did you begin your entrepreneurial journey? Because I know you're an attorney. Um, before we go into that, I know you are talking about your hair journey. What was that like yeah. for you to start embracing your natural hair? I mean, I always say, like, I've had a lot of – different looks. I like changing up my hair. So, you know, honestly, I loved being blonde before I was a redhead. I loved being blonde. I did love being blonde since I was in high school. And every time I dyed my hair blonde, it died. I killed it. So actually my first time going blonde, not my first time, one of my times going blonde in high school, going into college, my hair all broke off and I ended up just cutting it all off because it was so damaged. And that was my first time going natural. So it wasn't to really, like, stay that way. It was more so just to um, get rid of, like, like you know, just cut off all the blonde pieces because right. they were so broken off. And I had a little TWA. It was super cute. I was rocking it. I love short uh-huh. hair. Yeah, short hair. Is, I love it. And so I was just like, I just grew it right back. I mean, I had no intentions of, like, keeping it short. And that was, like, probably, like, 1996, 1997. And then I went to law school. I cut it off again. I still was, like, not down for it because I was, like, oh, I don't really get it. And it was funny. I just listened to um, a webinar with Miss Julie from Cosmo and Lisa Price from Carol's Daughter. And I was, like, yeah. I remember or- – right? I remember ordering Carol's Daughter, like, when it was in a plastic container and it just oh, had, yeah. like, a sticker on it that said hair milk. Yep. I remember and- that, too. <laughs> Right? I used to live in Brooklyn when she had her store there, and I remember just going there, and it was a little neighborhood shop, and it had, like, little containers with right. stickers on it, and she would be there making her formulas. Yeah. So I was like, this is dope. So, you know, um, so then I was in D.C., so then I started, like, pressing my hair out, which, of course, led to, like, heat damage. 
So I was, I guess, a natural per se, but it was it was heat damage. So it's not like I was right. able to, like, really rock my own hair. So then after law school, I moved down to Florida, and I was like, this, even if I'm, even though it's heat damage, it has nothing on this humidity. So oh, yeah. I went back to relaxing <laughs> my hair, and I was wearing extensions. And then, I, you know, so I've gone back and forth. So I'd say permanently, I'd say probably, because I think there was a time there after I started the salon, I got tape-ins, and I got a keratin. So I would say probably I've been 100% stuck with it since, like, 2015, but on and off since, like, 1997. Yeah. So yeah, that, it's been a journey. I, I can see that. <laughs> Similar to me, I felt like I went back and forth for a while, and I think the right. last time I stopped was when after I had my son in 2012, and I was like, ah, I'm good. I'll press yeah, like, now again, but like, yeah, it's like I'm a, I'm fine. I don't, yeah, I'm good with it. And I think yeah. so much has changed. Like we're so lucky now. I mean, because when you think back about all the products and what's on the market, I mean, it really is a lot of stuff out there for you to try and kind of like what I say is get familiar with your curls. Mm. Yeah. You know? Cause yeah. I see you do that with Maggie Rose, like your salon, like you see all different hair textures and you can elongate, you could yes. just, uh, give it like, you could give like a nice shape. So tell us a little bit about that. Cause I know you were saying get to know your curls. So, so like someone with like very, kinky hair like I, I don't know what what this 4c or yeah like, you know that would be yeah like they say 4c and and it's so interesting because nowadays it's like you don't even really know what to say because now it's like no oils no curl don't say curl patterns all this I mean it's like you know you're just trying to keep up with it but um <laughs> you know it is important to me because I have higher texture hair so anybody that comes on the floor at my salon has to be able to style every texture. So it's not like, and well, like I need you to do a good job. And so, you know, it's a constant, which I love being, the fact that I'm able to, um, that I have my line now because I'm definitely not leaving my high texture girls out the game. Like that, like that's, because that's my hair. Like, so I have to make sure. And that's why I love like, rebalance because at the shampoo bowl, I tell people this all the time. First of all, water is your best product. That's number one. But number two, at the shampoo bowl, we, it doesn't really matter about texture per se. You're more talking health. So you're looking at, you know, is the hair damaged? Is it color treated? Uh, What's going on with the scalp? You know, and those are all things anybody with any texture, whether it's straight or curly, can have in common. So a lot of times um, at the shampoo bowl, you're just looking at for as a stylist, and I'm not a stylist, but as, you know, when they're over, like, doing the hair, they're looking at addressing the health of the hair and how they can either maintain it or make it healthier. And that's why I decided to start with a treatment because this treatment works on every texture because it, it does so many different things. And so that's what I love about it. It's not texture specific. I need to write that down. Not texture specific. That's a good one. But uh, yeah, it no, just, you're right. It just lends itself to the health of the hair. And so we use it across the board at the salon, and I love it. And um, but I also like to be able because see, I'm gonna know my hair just like you're gonna know your hair if you get to really, really know it and what works for it. And you're mm-hmm. going to know what you like. And so I always say, like, when, like, I, I talk to my stylist, I'm like, you have to find out what is important to your client. So me, I want to have a cast on my hair, like a hard cast, because when I don't need day five hair on day two, like, I'm looking for it to last. Because when I go wash my hair at home, like, even now I need to wash my hair, that styling day can be, like, it takes, it takes time. Yeah, it does. It does. You know? <laughs> You know, and I think that's why some people are like, "Oh, natural, natural is not for me because it's it's just a lot of work." It ta- yeah, it takes time. And so, what I was explaining to one of my stylists is like, 
I don't want my hair. I don't need it to be big and fluffy on day two. I was like, I need my hair to last because guess what? It's a lot of work. And I don't, you know, I don't want to come and get my hair done. And then next thing I know, it's only lasted two or three days. And then I have to wash it and redo it again because then I'm looking at, you know, you know, another two, three hour journey. Right. So I was like, you know, it's important, I think, for all stylists to be able to ask their clients what they're looking for. Because I really believe um, when it comes to curls, some of the hardest textures are your high textures, but also your waves, because waves, sometimes they're long, they're heavy, they don't hold a lot of curl. Like they don't hold, like from the first day, they don't have a lot Mm -hmm. of hold. So it's really important um, to, to, talk to your client and understand what they're looking for and understand what you're putting on their hair and the combinations and that, you know, they know how to take care of it when they go home. Yeah, that that's a big key because you're right. It's an investment of time and money and yes, you want it to last. Yeah, yeah you want, you yeah. want it to last. Um, oh my God, but yeah, I need my time, my days. Yeah. Now tell me, I know you're an attorney, and um, how did you go from like practicing as attorney to um, getting your journey with having Maggie Rose Salon? I think I'm just crazy, but I still practice <laughs> law full time. Okay, I, I, yeah, I still practice law full time, and um, so I started the salon as a side hustle because. I had had my daughter, and I was for the federal government, and I was like, well, I want to make more money, so let me start a salon, right? Well, I, so I don't, I didn't, I don't know. It was, it, it, I don't think I knew what I was doing, which is typical. I'm like, like I said, I'm a true sad, so, like, I'm always at first and then think later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. I mean, right. but guess what? Like, if you, if, sometimes if you don't do that, you never do it, you know? It's true, you'll procrastinate. Right. So I got started, and then um, I was like, oh, the name Maggie Rose is hot. So I named the salon after my daughter, Magnolia Rose. And, yeah, I love it. And then I started started segueing. I got into natural hair. I had a stylist out of Aveda who was into shaping curls. And... um, so then that's when the salon really got into, like, shaping curls and, you know, like, twist out silk presses, flexi rods, updos, things of that nature. And then I segued into also, like, really when I moved to baby, like, curl shaping and coloring. And okay. so during COVID, I decided to kind of, like, cut out some of the other services because they were time, just from a business perspective, because they take about the same amount of time, but what you bring in is a lot less. So right. I decided just to dedicate um, the salon to, like, basically cutting and coloring. Okay. Right. And, and then, so you were doing that, and then what made you start Naturally Drenched? By the way, I, I love the packaging. I love everything about the product. I'm about to use that my hair because I'm just so excited about it. And it, Tell us a little bit about how you went into starting Naturally Drenched from Maggie Rose. So, like, I was just, so during COVID, I was like, dang, if I had a product, I would be, you know, doing it right now. Right. And so I was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a product. But I was like, I want to do something that, because any market is, um, saturated but I really believe like in finding a niche so I felt like with Maggie Rose like even though there's there are definitely were a, a handful because South Florida is like a is like moves a little bit like things come trickle down a little bit slower so yeah, when I left the DMV like everybody was natural like where you're not natural everybody's natural <laughs> and, I can see that right so when I moved down here nobody was natural and so there were a couple um, people in the game who I really take my hat off to. I always want to pay them respect, like Simone from Trendsetters, her and her sister, Natural Trendsetters. And there were some other salons that um, catered to natural hair, but it was just um, a lot less than what you would expect, like in D.C. or New York or like in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So I was like, bet. So natural hair, I think, you know, catering to curls is really was like a niche and put me put me on the map because a lot of people just didn't know where to go to get their hair done. And right. um, so I wanted to go with treatment, but I wanted to go with this in-between treatment because a lot of times our conditioners or our shampoos don't have aren't formulated to do what rebalance does, which is like restore the pH, moisturize, it has a vegan protein, so it's strengthening the hair. So it also is really good on your scalp too for like scalp conditions. So I was like, I felt like I wanted to do something that, because I already have like in my mind tons of ideas, right? I just have to wait for my money to catch up with my mind. So, right. Um, so I think that's entrepreneurship right there. Like, right? It's like I see right. the big vision. Right. I found it just there. I tried. So I um so I came up with naturally drenched and like like I said Sagittarius. I literally went online and did on Instagram and was like hashtag Black Cosmetic Chemist, and I found my chemist. And so oh, wow. I had a call. Yeah, I had a call with Cynthia, and we hit it off. And I told her what I wanted to do, and um, you know, she formulated it. She's amazing at formulations. And so then, you know, I just went through that process, and then, you know, I found my packaging people on on Instagram too. I have a really great design team called Riser Design, a husband and a wife, and they killed it. They like literally came it's through amazing. That design. It's you. amazing. And you know what I like about it too? It's so vibrant and colorful. And it, it yes. really, and it also embraces where you are. Like it looks like some a South Floridian brand. Like that was born yes. and raised in South Florida. You know, yes. I, I love it. Yes. And I love it too because at the time everybody was just doing such a minimalistic look. Um, so, you know, it's I mean, the product is amazing, but I also will admit that I think sometimes retailers love it more just to put it in the photo or yeah. just to be like, because um, it stands out. <laughs> really does. It really does. It really does. And it's just like, um, that that's amazing. So when did you start Naturally Drenched? Because I think I started uh, hearing about it last year. Yeah. So it came out last year officially in February, but I started it the year before during COVID. So, like, whenever COVID started, when I was like, all right, let's do this. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a COVID baby. It's a COVID <laughs> baby. And I'm waiting for like, like, COVID. Yeah, like, he's like, relax. I'm like, oh, I'm behind, you know. I was like, we need to get this product out. He's like, looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, oh, this takes forever. But, you know, I always tell people, too, like, when you come out with a product, you have to think ahead. Like, you have to think, where do you want to be? And I always want it to be a global brand. So, and I always want it to be able to scale. And that's, I honestly, like, that's what holds us back um, when you can't scale and you're not able to be, like, global. Because it's so much hair out there. I was reading an article, and 65% of the world has textured hair. That's crazy. 65%. A lot of people. It's still a very untapped market. I mean, it's saturated in America because we're spoiled with everything. But, I mean, we're talking a whole world out there. So I made sure my my, um, bottle was EU and UK compliant and also compliant with Canada from day one. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you have a point. We are spoiled because when I go visit my family members in Europe, it's totally different like yes. they don't have nearly as much of a selection as we do here no they don't and so I was like no I'm going to be in the EU the UK I was like I'm trying to be in every country I'm trying to be in Africa I'm trying to be in Australia I'm trying to be in the Middle East anywhere I want to be all around the world like I want everybody to know about Naturally Drenched and I love the name of it like you have like as soon yeah. as you read it you know that your hair is going to be luscious curls and shiny and Healthy is perfect yes. name for it. Yeah. Thank you. That, that's amazing. I, I like how you started this during COVID. And yeah. um, that, that's pretty neat. So what inspired you? Like, what was the the rush? I, I'm going to say the rush, but the urgency um, during COVID. I just, that's it. just me. I just like to see stuff done. I'm, like, ready. Yeah. I'm, like, 
Like, my boyfriend always laughs. He's always like, I'm always like, I'm just going to do it right quick. That's my theory on everything. Like, oh, I'm just going to, like, right quick do something. So I'll be like, like how long could it take, you know? But when you're dealing with um, products, cosmetics, you have to do stability test. I mean, you should. I did. I mean, you want to do stability testing. You want to do preservative testing. I mean, you want to do all these things so that, you can make sure that your product is is stable inside of the packaging because you don't want to get it to somebody and it goes it goes bad or and you also have to know like how long it'll last for. So, so um, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm listening. So you just there's there's just things that you know I didn't think about that you just have to like make sure you have to shop around for your manufacturer. Um, you have to make sure that um, then you have to try out, you know, trial out your product with the manufacturer. So those are those things to take into um, that you have to think about too, which slowed slowed me down because like with the salon, just like with the salon, I like kind of just honestly just jumped in with naturally drenched and didn't really stop and think. I was just like forcing the head. I was like, I need PR. I need social media, I need all these things, and, um, you know, and I think that the salon prepared me to make some good decisions, so I'm not really upset, I mean, everything hasn't been perfect, but it's been a lot more smooth sailing, in a sense, than the salon. Mm -hmm. And then you also have customers at the salon to help you as well. Yes, I have a customer base, and I also have... um, you know, it's good because I can create content at the salon from what the girls do. And right. I just like the fact that they have a lot of integrity and mm-hmm. um, with the work that they do. And they use it a lot. So, you know, it for me, if they're not willing to use it, then I know it's probably not a winner. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, I, do I, a I lot like of how testing. you said, I like how you said, um, let's do this right quick. Because there is a lot to that because, like, you know, um, I had a manager, and she said once, and when she told me, I was like, oh, this is interesting. But afterwards, it made sense. She says every Thanksgiving, what she does, like she'll watch, you know, like, you know, the whole place mess, and she'll put uh-huh. a timer on, and she'll give herself, like, say, for instance, 45 minutes to clean up her whole kitchen, put everything away, and she does it every Thanksgiving because it's like sometimes when you have a shorter time frame, you get a lot more done than it a long That's time. That's true. So when That's you true. said this is right quick, like it's so true because you hear people say, I, I've been wanting to start this business for the past 10 years and I'm doing mark, my market research and I'm doing my this. So how much time did you give yourself to start actually drink? Um, I had wanted it out by Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that makes sense. Perfect Christmas gift, right? Yeah, I was like, let's do it. But I ended up launching in February. So, I mean, I did, I mean, I pushed it. Like, I mean, I want to say I got my first, uh, I got the first trial in, like, maybe um, July, maybe. So that's, like, how many months later? It was a while. I, can't, I think it took like two months because she has to formulate it. Or maybe I got the final batch in July. But it takes time to formulate it, and then it takes yeah. time to trial it. And then, um, you know, and then she, the stability testing takes three months. So that was that. And then um, I had a product that an ingredient she uses that was back ordered to supply chain. That was like a supply chain issue. So, but I was good. I got it out in less than a year. Wow. You see, anyone who's listening, if you think it's going to have to take you five, ten years to get your dream realized, Jamila's telling you that she got it done. <laughs> she got it done. And, I mean, that's, that's a big lesson to be learned that, like, just right quick. And that's a couple right there, just right yeah. quick. And do it, excellent, you know, and it's excellent. It's not like a rush job. You did a great job. And, Thank you. And, you know, that, that says a lot. So having said that, because, you know, I've seen, you know, you have a very strong social media presence and a strong following. Um, but what challenges have you faced with your entrepreneurial journey? 
so far? Um, I think the biggest challenge is not having enough, like, worrying about running out of money. Yeah. So for somebody like me, like, I I um already have, like, products that I'm formulating right now, and I actually have two products that are already formulated and ready to go, but I have to also be cognizant of, you know, in the beginning, you're not making a whole lot of money because you have to make sure you have stock. So, um, and then when you're dealing with retailers, you're talking about net 30, net 60, even sometimes up to net 90. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're, I mean, I typically do like a 500 gallon order and, um, hmm. So I said, okay. Yeah, so you're talking, and that's small to them, but, well, actually, they were like, it's not, but it, and then it's like, if you run out of packaging, so I have to have custom packaging, so, you know, if you're, for custom packaging, my minimum is 10K bottles to come over, so it is, financially, it's a huge undertaking to make Mm -hmm. sure that you have enough money to order, reorder and that's yeah. the biggest thing because in order to scale, you got to fill these orders. Like when somebody gives you a purchase order, you need to be like, all right, how many, how, what, what do you need? Yeah. I got you. Yeah. You know, like yeah. even if it's, you know, a thousand, twenty five hundred, like you don't want to like turn down that type of, you know, purchase order money, um, especially if it's a good retailer. And it takes time to build relationships with these people. So you may start with like a couple bottles. But then next thing, like, I started with 13 Loom when they first started out. And, um, you know, now they've rolled out to all the JCPenney's, and they're doing their official rollout. So you got to have the inventory, because guess what? They're not waiting on you to be like, well, I have to um, wait two months to get the, the product made, and then I have to wait three months or four months for my bottles to get shipped over. You have to think ahead. Mm-hmm. You have to have all that in inventory. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and, you know, how was that for you, you know, speaking of it being at Penny, how was it for you to actually see your product in store? I loved it. Actually, I haven't seen it in JCPenney yet, but I was, I actually this summer, Credo Beauty um, was my first retailer in stores. And it was good. I was in Credo Beauty and I was in the Allure store. And it was I saw that. Yeah. I was like, and it was nice because I um, flew up to Maryland and then me, my mom, and my daughter drove up and we all, yes, and we all saw for the first time together. And I thought that that was pretty incredible because um, it was, it was something that, you know, it was a surreal feeling for her to see me and her, all of us, three generations, just like uh, in the store. It's amazing. Yeah. And I and I saw that in the store you were talking about that on social media. Um, that's pretty amazing. I mean, because the magazine coverage, having it in a store. Yeah. I mean, for your daughter to show, see dreams can come true. The sky's the limit. That that's she was so proud and I had a great PR company too. Um for the first year who really they helped me out a lot. And it's it's black owned too. It's called oh, Six nice. One and it's owned by um Kylie Hughes and she's black and she was incredible. Like she got me a lot of coverage um that I felt like was like super important. And mm-hmm. um, I felt like, you know, too, you have to build off a lot of the relationships you make. Um, so I always tell people, be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice, nice. It's, it's easier to play nice. What is it? Um, you could get more honey. Uh, yeah, with bees. Honey. Uh-huh. Yep. Yes. Yeah, nice. and don't burn bridges either. No, yeah. do not burn bridges because, I mean, you know, a lot of people have helped me along the way. Yeah. Just with retailers, good advice. Um, I, I've received a lot of help. And I, I know that you, your whole mission, from what I'm seeing, 
with your company as a theme of self-love, self-acceptance. It's a noticeable theme through your business. Um, why right. do you believe this is, like, so important, and how has this message resonated with your clients? Well, I think it's just, like, I sometimes I'm, like, oh, I look at my Instagram page, and I'm, like, should I put so much, should I make it so personal? But I like that side about it because it is important, and it's, it's self-love and self-care. And I think there were so many times, even now, where I've had to, like, learn throughout entrepreneurship that you have to take care of, not, number one, your health, and go to the doctor, um, not miss any annual checkups, take care of your body, take care of your mind, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, sometimes – overwhelmed, being overwhelmed leads to anxiety. It just leads to so many things um, that could be detrimental to just, like, how you live life and and suck the enjoyment out of what you do. Yeah. No, you're right. And, you know, that, how do you manage it up? Because you're you're still practicing attorney, you're a mother, you have your um, salon, and you also have your line um and you're formulating other products um how do you manage it all how do you balance it yeah i don't i don't have any balance i just have um i say i saw this post and it's true you have to have a core group of people that you can vent to and Mm -hmm. you also have to be willing to listen and and learn and really hear what people are saying. I mean, ultimately, you make your own decisions, but it helps to have some, for me, practicality. Because me, I'll be like, I'm ready to risk it all. You know what I'm saying? But then you need somebody. Like, I talk to my mom every morning. I talk to my best friend. I talk to my boyfriend, like, nonstop. And... You need you need to see that other side, and you have to be open to really hearing what people are saying, and that's why you have to have a core group of people that you can trust, like really, really yeah. trust. And I think sometimes we underestimate the importance of, like, it's fun, it's fun to go and kick it. Like, I always tell people, like, you don't have to make new friends. You just need new circles, and all the circles can overlap, and, and they can equal fun, you know, for you in general, but you have to have, like, your business circle. You have to have, you know, your, you know, you could have your fun circle, or maybe it's all the same circle. It depends on what you want to do. But you really need to have people around you who can help guide you because we, I mean, when I, I think I got into this not really understanding, like, that this is a billion-dollar industry. Like, it's yeah. not a game, <laughs> you yeah. know? And I think I underestimated that. And, that out of the kindness of their heart, no marketing, and they may be charging their clients, like, you know, a lot of money, but they're willing to give you information just because they like yeah. you and they like what you're doing and they're rooting for you. And so um, and it's, so you just have to, like, create a good business circle of people that you can go to, you can pick their brain. And I always tell people you have to, it has to be mutually beneficial. So even you bring something to the table. So you always have to be willing to share also. Because if you're holding everything and you never give anything back, then people are going to be like, well, she's just taking, she's not giving. I'm saying you said at the beginning it's very important to keep your friends and to maintain those relationships. Yeah, because really we all grow up. Yeah, we all grow up, you know, went to college. But now we're grown. People are places. And, they're, you know, and you should be using your alumni network, like, I saw a girl who was at a store I wanted to really holler at. I was like, and she went to Penn State. I'm like, oh, I'm, a, and that's now too. I hang out in LinkedIn. I'm like, LinkedIn is popping. I'm oh, like, LinkedIn it's is dope the over here. <laughs> I love it. I was like, who is LinkedIn is amazing. And I find that people are very open to networking on LinkedIn without yeah. champagne. Like, I was like, like <laughs> this LinkedIn, I told my boyfriend, he's like, like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I was like, LinkedIn is the jump off. Like, I was like, I go yeah. on LinkedIn a couple of times a day. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, I love it over there. Like, it's all about business. You could slide in somebody's DM or message box. Nobody takes offense. You could follow. I mean, it's really all about, 
you know, making connections. I love it over there. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Like, I, in regards to social media, for me, I'm LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, yeah, but LinkedIn yeah. is, like, number one for me, Instagram second. Facebook, uh, I, I'm not that big on Facebook. Um, I'm not either. I'm, and I'm Twitter, I don't even have an account. I have one, but I don't mess with it. I was like, you yeah. gotta choose. I am trying to like my um. I have a marketing assistant, and he's he's supposed to be working on TikTok. If he's young, oh yeah, I'm TikTok, like, yeah. I'm like, I don't like have the for it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't get it. All those yeah. dances and all that nonsense. <laughs> but I was like, I need you to figure it out. Somebody, you know. I mean, it's a lot though. I mean, Pinterest. Everybody's like. Oh, Pinterest, it's the best place to be. It's got the best return. I'm like, Lord, not and I love Pinterest, but I'm like, not to go on and post all the time. It's a lot. And and that's why it's like you just have to hire out after a while because there's only yes. so much you can do. There's yes. so much you could do. So what yes. surprised you the most about entrepreneurship? I I know you were saying the expense. It it, it is expensive. More expensive I think than it's expensive and I think that the more money you make, the more money you have to spend mm-hmm. until your profit really, really outweighs your loss. I mean, you want to be profitable. So um, because I have a full-time, I don't depend, I don't touch naturally drenched. Like that money is always constantly just like reinvesting yourself back in the business. Um, and my goal is to only be profitable every month. Like last yeah. year was different because it was my first year. But my goal is to be profitable, but it's also to be profitable this year and hire people. And so, mm-hmm. because like you said, you can't be a master of everything, but you also have to gain awareness. And that's just the, that's just the name of the game. Like, you need awareness on social media. You need people seeing, you know, who you are. That's important for retailers. I mean, you want people when they go into a store to be looking specifically for you or see your bottle and say, oh, I've been following them. Let me just grab a bottle because I like, what you know, and, and check them out. So um, it's to me, it's the fact that, you know, you really need always consistently be putting money in um, before you can even think about taking any money out. Like, you need money to grow. Right. No, you're right. Yeah. And it's a good thing it's a side um, job that you have mm-hmm. um, rather than, like, it's a brand new business, and you need it to pay your mortgage and your car note. And your no, I would, I would, I would like forget it. I'd be a mess. Yeah, and you know, like sometimes I see these memes or things on the internet. And they're like, "Oh, you're not taking it seriously if you don't quit your job and you know focus on your business." I'm like, uh, because it's a baby. Like you got to be able to feed that baby until it's self sufficient. There is beauty in still having a job. No, I agree. I think you, I mean, to me, there's a calculated risk. And even if you make a calculated risk, like I see a lot of people that were already in the beauty industry or in their industry who segue out, who are doing well and they have connections. Or like, if you're a celebrity and you launch and you feed a whole bunch of money, you know, but um, it's still calculated because like, even when I'm reading, you know, Beauty Matters, Beauty Independent, all these um, magazines or like e zines on the beauty world. I mean, you could know people and you could be doing well, and you see a lot of people who just grow too fast, and now all of a sudden they're out of business. Yeah. And so you just never know. And so I look at my job as just like another stream of income. Just like I look at yeah. naturally drenched as a potential one, or like eventually the salon became a stream of income. But I look at the the bit my job is just like it's entrepreneurship too, if you think about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you choose to be there and it's a stream of income and it's probably the most consistent one you're gonna have for a for a minute. I love that. And it provides benefits. So Hello, <laughs> and your retirement, so and your retirement. So there's no shame in that. <laughs> no. I was like, you gotta move smart because you know, and that's the thing, too, I think people don't think about life goes so fast, and we don't think about retirement, and, you know, yeah, we're hustling now, but I'm like, I'm 43. You know, yeah. technically, I'm not that far from retirement. I'm closer to retirement than I am from not being able to retire. Right, right. So, you know, I can't just be out here 
like, ooh, let me just quit my job. Yeah, that's, and then I yeah. then when I then you know, I'm 65 and I'm like, I'm trying to live off of seven hundred dollars a month. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and the beauty about this, you could do this for the rest of your life if you choose. You know, so like yeah. after you retire, you could still be working with naturally drenched. And it'll be a totally different Absolutely. business by the time. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's just like you just have to put in work to get there, and you just got to work hard. And so yeah. the good thing about my daughter, she's seen nothing but me really be an entrepreneur. So it's not anything new to her. But, you know, I also have to make time for her too. So, you know, you know, everything is a stepping stone. Everything is a decision that has to eventually be made. But um, and I do plan on paring down, you know, my responsibilities. But when you're an entrepreneur, your mind doesn't stop. Like, my mind is never going. Yeah, I'm always like, well, guess what? You know, and there's always a month. I'm like, you know, April is Earth Month. And then we have, you know, I have, um, you know, a summer set that I'm putting out and, you know, and so when you're small, you just try to do the most you can to make waves with what you have. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's just your sweat equity, too. Girl, and, uh, you got to put it in. Way. You got to put yep. it in. Because I look at a lot of people and they're like, how'd you get in here, here, here? I'm like, because I'm hustling. You know, you yeah. hustle. And, and I, like I said, if you're good to people, people will be good to you. If you show respect, if you, you know, if you have retailers, they took, they roll the dice on you. You know, you have to do your part, keep in contact. Um, you have to shout them out, send people their way. I mean, everything is about relationships. Yeah. No, you're right. So what's next for Naturally Drenched? I know you were saying that um, you have a summer line. So what's next? Yes. Yeah. So I'm doing an oil. I call it the Absolute Oil. I'm excited. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm doing um, a microfiber, a big microfiber towel. And I also have a cosmetic bag, and I'll probably pair that with, like, a travel size rebalance. I love it. I love that you have this whole lifestyle of naturally <laughs> drenched. I love that. Right. And right. let's talk about the the mirror, the mirror that you have that's anti-fogging. I love that. Thank you. It's so crazy. I'm actually about to segue the, the mirror out um, and move on to other oh. other things. Okay. Because I've had it, and, you know, I love the mirror, and I thought it was great. I don't know if I promoted it as much as I should have, but okay. I have a lot of them. Not a lot, but I have enough where I'm just like, ah, eh, you know, what's next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so, it's good. I mean, the good thing is you were small enough to pivot really quickly, so that, that's yes. definitely a good benefit. Yeah, and that's what I like. I like doing, like, the ability to just be able to do little things. And yeah. then say, like, you know, oh, this is an amazing idea, but then say, like, mm, I don't know, Jamila, this didn't really go the way you wanted it to go. So mm-hmm. let's let's put it on sale and let's, let's move it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, but you know what you just said? That's so powerful because sometimes people are in love with an idea that's not necessarily working for them. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. This ain't working. This ain't working. Yeah. Now, so now we're about to, no, before we go into rapid fire, I just want to let listeners know how they can learn more about your company and to follow you. Where can they find more more about you and your company? You can find more about me at www.naturallydrenched.com. Um, I do hang out a lot on Instagram, but I'm trying not to, and I'm trying to um, let myself go from that and be an adult. And, um, but I, um, and yeah, that's the best way, naturally drenched. But if you want to slide in my DMs, I'll answer it because I'll be there. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> and LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn? Yes, I hang out over at LinkedIn. So I'm there too. So, okay, perfect. You know. Yes. All right, so now the rapid fire. Okay. Now, these questions are fun questions. 
Um, just to let listeners know a little bit more about you. So the first question is coffee or tea? Both. Both. Oh, I okay. pick one? I do tea. No, you don't have I to like pick one. Lot. I do both oh, every okay. day. Okay, me too. <laughs> I, okay. Do you start with tea and then end with coffee? And I start with coffee and end with tea. Okay, got you. All right, favorite vacation spot? Uh, I just went to Barbados and I loved it. Oh, nice. I hear it's beautiful. Yes. Um, what surprised you the most about entrepreneurship? Um, ooh, I was going to say how disappointing it can be sometimes. <laughs> okay. I can see that. <laughs> what do you like the most about living in South Florida? The weather. Oh, yeah. Um, what TV series have you recently binge-watched? Um, let's see, there's a lot. I really like TV a lot. I'm going to say the last one was, what was I watching? I may have to look at Netflix. I watched so many that I can't even remember what I just last watched. Um, The Last Kingdom. Ooh, The Last Kingdom. I, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's like a whole, like, Danish versus the um, English thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I watched Inventing Anna, and I thought it was pretty good, but now I have to watch Last yes. Kingdom. Okay. Yes. And the last one is, if you could spend an afternoon on a veranda with a living or deceased person, who would it be or and why? I think it would be my great-grandmother. Oh, and I think because I'm, I I had met her and um you know she passed away when I was in law school so I knew her for a while but I don't oh, wow. think I got to know um a lot about like the history of like growing up down south and then her being part of the Great Migration and um what it was like to just like be black in the 30s in the South like I think that would be pretty insightful. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that would be. Well, thank you so much, Jamila, for joining me on the veranda today. I'm super excited, and um, I'm looking forward to having the world hear about this podcast interview. Thank you for having me.